0: Well, as much as I hate cliches and believe that they should all be blown up as quickly as possible, there is one cliche that we could do with a little bit more of, and that is the cliche practice what you preach, because that's exactly what the World Boxing Council is doing. They just recently restricted men fighting women and created their own transgender league for a bunch of superficial, shallow men who want to beat up on women. So we'll see that this league will only consist of biological men pretending to be women beating up on each other. And we'll see if they enjoy doing that and see how long that league lasts. Uh, But then we'll also see that the Christian Post is actually practicing what they preach because they posted a tweet about nine months ago about Richard Levine, otherwise known as Rachel Levine, and uh, said that Richard is a man because he is one, and Twitter suspended that account, and nine months later, due to Elon Musk, they are now finally back in action. So we'll talk about that, and then finally, we'll look at a heartwarming tale. We'll look at the demise of Disney and other streaming platforms who went woke in 2022 and are paying the price for it. We'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. <laughs> Our show today is sponsored by our friends over at Element Home Loans. Now, maybe you've made some New Year's resolutions and you want to see a new you in 2023. And perhaps one of the ways that you can do that is a brand new home. I think that's a pretty good way, actually. But if you're going to do that, you need to make sure you go to the experts, but you also need to go with people you can trust, not people who are going to try to lure you in with false interest rates and gimmicks, but people who are going to deal honestly with you and care about the things that you care about. Now, that's our friends over at element, home loans. So you need to go to KevinBlairTeam.com today to pre-qualify for a mortgage and see what interest rate you can actually, uh, that you can actually get right now. Because I think you may be surprised as bad as Joe Biden has made this economy, it's still a great time to buy. So go over to KevinBlairTeam.com right now. And when you do so, let them know that Indy Thinker sent you. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Now, cliches are like New Year's resolutions. They're mostly ineffective, but I actually like New Year's resolutions because there's this implicit acknowledgement in a New Year's resolution, which is this, that there's room to grow, and maybe I can do some things to improve myself, and I'm not all that I can be. It's a recognition of that C.S. Lewis quote, Uh, we don't know what man is, but we just know that he's not what he can be. So a better you could be on the other end of a New Year's resolution. Now, perhaps very often the case, it's it's not because New Year's resolutions typically last for about one to two weeks, if maybe a month, and then go the wayside of most resolutions. But maybe you'll fare a little bit better in 2023. Uh, but I do know this, that uh, even though New Year's resolutions can be deeply ineffective, cliches can be really effective. Now, the problem with cliches is that they become cliche when they are overused and overwrought, and they begin to lose their impact. But cliches are typically cliches for a reason, typically because there is an element of truth to them that needs to be heard. And so the real problem is not that they're overused, but that the truth of them are often underutilized and because of that they become cliche and we don't recognize the power of them so there is definitely one cliche that needs to that needs to be resurfaced in our age and in fact i believe is the key for us really changing the world and that is practice what you preach see i was confronted with this cliche just the other day as i went out to eat with my family we started a brand new new year's tradition and I encourage you to develop as many traditions with your with your family, especially at a young age, that you can carry on. Well, especially at a young when your kids are young, so that you can carry that on to um, them as they get a little bit older, and keep those traditions for as long as possible to instill those things in your family. And one of the traditions that we started was every new year, the first day of a new year, we'll go to a new restaurant, try some some new food, and do something new. And so this. New Year, we went to a place called Ruby Sunshine Cafe. And we were there and we enjoyed the food immensely. Uh, we love breakfast food. And uh, and that place is brunch all day long and pretty good food at that. And we got slowly but surely started to get a odd feeling uh, about the place. Um, I'll just let you kind of fill in the blank with what that may be. And my wife said, I wonder if this is one of the places that was hosting those drag queen shows that took place in Chattanooga. And I looked around and I thought to myself, you know what, this place kind of looks familiar. I don't know if I've seen it on the news somewhere or if it was actually on that list of restaurants. And admittedly, I didn't check it out before we went. So as we were winding down our meal, I took just a brief moment to researched the restaurant, and didn't find anything on the one in Chattanooga. And so I asked our waitress. Didn't want to bother her because she's just a server at the end of the day and doesn't make those kind of decisions. But I thought that it was at least worth asking her. And so asked her, um, hey, were you guys part of those family, quote-unquote, family-friendly drag queen shows in Chattanooga? And she said, you know what? I'm not sure. I'll go ask. And so this waitress went back, asked the manager, and the manager said no. And we breathed a sigh of relief. But then she said, but we do give to LGBTQ uh, activism all the time. And then my heart sank in my stomach because we believe as a family in putting our money forward to businesses that, that support pro-family values in any organization that is supporting the LGBTQ agenda uh, is not a family that supports family values. Now, what values do they support? They support left-wing gender ideology. They support, uh, they support uh, gender non-conforming ideology. They su- support a lot of values, that's to be sure. But they don't support the values that I support. And for that reason, I believe that my money is not only an implicit endorsement of the other person's values, uh, if they're doing that kind of activism, but also it is money that could be spent to actually endorse and encourage Other businesses that are doing things that I fully believe in. So, it's America. At the end of the day, you can put your money where you want to, but I would suggest that those who believe those very similar things need to start practice practicing what they preach. And so, we did that as our as a family, and we and we thought, okay, so in the future, we will never go back to that restaurant, and we're going to start being a little bit more choosy about the restaurants that we go to. Now, I think this is important because immediately, what most people will say is this: is they will take a retreat position a cowardly position, and they'll give up immediately. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to research every single restaurant that you ever go to? And the answer to that is, no, I don't know that I will always do that, but I, I know this, I will never go back to that restaurant. And as much as I can... Whenever I find restaurants who have encouraged this kind of thing, I will put them on the list. And then, of course, the other retreat position is this. We'll read what restaurant doesn't do this kind of stuff. If you actually get serious about this, you're never going to eat at another restaurant ever again. Now, is that the truth? It's probably not. What it is is an excuse. It's an excuse to stay ignorant about the things that are all around you. But the reality is, is if we practiced what we preached, we'd actually be able to make a big difference. Businesses like Ruby Sunshine and others like them, whether they're a part of Pride Week or not, listen to the almighty dollar, if it, because most importantly, they don't listen to the almighty. So the only thing they do listen to is the pain of customers not frequenting their businesses because they are pushing forward an agenda. And so it's incumbent upon us people of conscience, people with a moral compass, people who actually care about society, and especially Christians, to take a stand. Because at the end of the day, I'll quote my good friend, Duncan MacLeod, there can be only one. See, even in a pluralistic society, there is only one worldview that will rule them all. And that's the end of the nerdy pop culture references that I have. But there is one worldview that will dominate. It's either the one predicated upon truth or the one predicated upon lies, the one predicated upon authentic morality and the one predicated upon immorality. And so there is this often refrain, don't shove your religion or your morality down my throat. Well, we shouldn't shove it down anyone's throat because that sounds awful. Uh, And that sounds exactly what the left does in terms of wanting to try to bring their sexual ideology in the public school system and in libraries all over the United States. But here's why we must take a stand against that stuff. Because somebody's morality will win. And I see no objective evidence why secular humanism, which was responsible for the bloodiest century in human history, should be in control of culture and not Christianity. But here's why Christianity must win out. Social justice demands that it does because Christianity believes in protecting the innocent. And after all, real social justice is actually interested in the innocent. And lest we forget, the social justice movement of the 60s and the 70s and even before that, the civil rights movement in America was predicated upon a Christian worldview and a Christian ethics. After all, where do you think this comes from, this idea that people are made in the image of God? This Judeo-Christian belief is written into the founding of our society here in America, and it is why it was so, so important to reclaim this Christian idea during the Civil Rights Movement and why it was so effective. Because people had a baseline morality that had been informed by Christianity that had been passed down to us throughout the ages. And it was that morality that people like Martin Luther King Jr. appealed to when he spoke to the American public. So social justice demands that we stand up for the innocent and the way to protect those who deserve to be protected or to realize that they are made precious and in the image of God. And then another reason tyranny will reign without it. There is but one way to stand up against the tyranny of the urgent, the tyranny of an individual's feelings, which we're consistently listening to today. And the way in which we do that is to stand up for truth. And we have to believe in objective truth. And how do we do that when we've totally ejected the source of objective truth? See, I'm not saying that religion is the only way to understand truth. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this, is that I see no reasons, no epistemic warrant to actually believe the truth if we're not willing to acknowledge that there is a truth giver. And without that, we will constantly recycle bad habits, never learning from the past, and consistently allow those with a new fan-dangled understanding of reality to impose that upon each and every generation afresh and anew. And essentially, tyranny will reign. Maybe one last thing about this is that if we really practice what we preach, then we're showing that we care about the mind. See, we care about the truth because we believe that it is healthy for people. One of the most damaging things and psychologically damaging things you can do to people is to lie to them. See, the truth matters, and that's why we must practice what we preach, as we'll see in our Stop Stories today. In Christianity Not Today, we look at culture and things that are not so Christian today and then provide some Christian answers for those things. Now, today we're looking at a institution that is secular in nature but is actually doing something that should actually shame some Christians who are not outspoken about the transgender issue because the World Boxing Council is now starting to practice what they have been preaching for so long, which is that Uh, They care about protecting their athletes, and so now they are protecting their female athletes, and now a man can't go around beating up on a woman. And so the Christian Post reports this. According to them, the World Boxing Council is going to launch a transgender category to protect female fighters. Months after banning trans-identified males from competing against women, the head of the World Boxing Council reportedly said, the organization is looking into launching a new category for trans fighters to ensure safety and inclusion. We are going to put out a global call for those who are interested in 2023 and will set up the protocols. Start consultation and most likely create a league and a tournament. WCBC president, WBC president Mauricio Suleiman told the Telegraph last week, we are doing this because of safety and inclusion. Now, there's just a couple things to say about this. And the first one is this, is that, um, by the way, they are creating this league and it will be much like the WNBA. No one will watch it because nobody wants to see a bunch of mostly men dressed up as women fighting each other. I, I can't think of anything that would be less, less athletic and less important to culture than that. Uh, but also want to say this. They made it they made it very clear that they're doing this for inclusion and safety. And let's just be honest. They're doing this simply for for safety's sake. This has nothing to do with inclusion. This just simply has to do with protecting women from a bunch of mostly men who want to fight other women. And by the way, speaking of protecting, one of the reasons that we stand up against you know, transgender athletes is not just for the sake of the females involved here, which again, because this is basically simply a problem in female sports and not a problem in male sports, because no male competing in any athletic competition that is competitive is worried about a female coming in and taking all their accolades. This is simply a problem in female sports. But it's not just about protecting female sports. And it's not just about standing up for Judeo-Christian truth, although that is important. It is It is also about protecting these athletes who are going after accolades and awards that will ultimately be emotionally unfulfilling. I spoke about this in the past when Leah Thomas was doing his thing, or Michael Thomas, whatever his name is. When he, when he was racing against women in swimming competitions, going against young girls, and, um, and doing so as a man, he was competing for rewards that he knows are, are superficial, that he knows don't really mean anything. Down deep in his bones, just like you can tell what his biological sex is in those bones, down deep in those bones is also the understanding that those rewards are ultimately unfulfilling and don't provide him the satisfaction that if he actually earned them legitimately, he would experience. And that's important. So we're doing this for for the athlete's sake, and we're doing this for the sake of the women who are involved in this situation and protecting them but we're also doing this for the sake of truth. And this is why I wanted to bring this up. If the World Boxing Council is willing to stand up for these kinds of things, then I see no reason why the church can't actually speak up against transgenderism and gender transitioning, minors especially, and adults, and why we won't help people understand that their God-given biological sex is their identity. And more importantly, why don't we understand that that's not really what identity is made up of at the end of the day, that you are so much more than your biological sex? See, I think we're learning something from culture, once again, as the church. And this is the real problem. When the church is not proclaiming from the rooftops the truth that the whole world should hear, no wonder the culture is continually shifting away from the church and becoming more secular. And the end result of that is a bunch of women were getting punched in the face, and still we can't can't get some of our woke you know, to semi-woke, seeker-sensitive pastors to actually speak the truth about transgenderism. And it's really incredibly unfortunate that we don't have enough courageous pastors out there speaking up against this very thing. But the Christian Post is not one of those institutions because they were dedicated to proclaiming that message from the rooftops themselves as they proclaimed that Richard Levine is a man and got suspended for it on Twitter and has been suspended for the last nine months. And they were just released from Twitter jail because of what you can only imagine is Elon Musk. Now, it's a sad society, first and foremost, when you get in trouble for telling the truth. But it's also a sad society when uh, a, a Christian organization like the Christian Post can no longer do what they do in the journalistic world because of activists behind the scenes, shadow banning stuff and and the like. And so the Christian Post uh, wrote this story and it says this. <laughs> Twitter reinstated the Christian Post account Saturday following a nine month suspension in response to a March tweet that called a biologically male trans identified Biden administration official a man. And so on their first day back, this is what they tweeted. Our Twitter account has just been reinstated after a nine month suspension because we correctly called Biden official Rachel Levine a man and we refuse to retract this truth. As journalists, we understand our ethical obligation to provide accuracy over narrative and truth over opinion. Calling a man a man is a scientific truth, not an opinion. Editorializing facts is called commentary, opinion, or in some cases, dishonesty. Oh, that there were more Christians like these guys over at the Christian Post. Way to go. I would clap as loud as I can if it wouldn't go directly in to this mic. Now, listen, Here's one of the reasons that this is so vitally important is telling the truth never hurts a just cause and should be practiced by all believers. Here's the question. Why are we so scared of telling the truth? More and more, we are the ones who have to feel ashamed because of culture for telling the truth when activists and those on the left get to shout it from the rooftops themselves. They get to practice and preach all day long, and we think that we have to be ashamed, mainly because we have believed lies that they have told us, that any Christian who actually stands up for the truth is being judgy and doesn't need to be beating us over the head with the Bible. Since when was open conversation about truth beating people over the head with the Bible? Sure, watch your tone. Do it with gentleness. Do it with kindness. But do it. This is what you're commanded to do in the Bible. Certainly, I don't think I'm going to have the Uh, the influence over you to, to encourage you to do this more so than scripture itself. And it says this, speak the truth in love. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This is what we are called to do as Christians, to help this world not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind, by the application of truth. And if we are not gonna shine our little lights of ours out in society, then who is going to do it for us? Well, people who shine a light, that is no light at all. So again, telling the truth never hurts a just cause. So don't be ashamed of the truth because if what you're standing for is right, it will only benefit more from the truth. And I want to end kind of on a heartwarming tale today. And just kind of lift our spirits because we talked about some heavy things today, but hopefully some things that are encouraging as well. But I do believe that this is something that will lift your spirits, help you go into 2023 with kind of renewed vision and excitement uh, about the future. And this heartwarming tale is that the Christian Post just recently announced that Disney, Netflix, and other media giants lost $500 billion in market value, proving that woke don't work. Now, guys, I know what you're thinking. It's time for fireworks. It's time for streamers. It's time for those popper things again that almost never work uh, to celebrate this reality because it's working. Here's what the Christian Post had to say about... The Walt Disney Company, Netflix, Comcast, and other media giants lost more than half a trillion dollars in market value last year, according to a r- report from the Financial Times. In fact, the market value for the Dow Jones Media Titans Index, a barometer of the financial health of 30 of the biggest media companies in the world, plunged from 1.35 trillion to 808 billion, a decline of about 40%. As part of what one analyst called a perfect storm of bad news, shares of Disney sunk about 45% its steepest drop in nearly 50 years after the studio's Avatar sequel underperformed at the box office. So when I say it worked, this is what I mean. I mean the outrage, the making sure that you canceled your subscription to Disney+, Plus, regardless of what it costs you, which doesn't make sense because it didn't cost you anything except a little bit of entertainment value. It actually saved you money. You're welcome. And for those of you who decided we're not going to Disney this year or we're swearing off Disney altogether until they repent, until they change their ways, until they stop putting transgenderism and homosexuality in everything to try to shove down the throats of kids. By the way, something we're not interested in doing on the conservative right, constantly trying to shove sexual ideology down the throats of small children. Just tell a freaking story for crying out loud and tell a good one. So at the end of the day, all of that outrage worked. I know we can have outrage fatigue and we can have activism fatigue, but I hope you understand one of the biggest companies in the world just responded to a group of parents who are often the silent majority, and they fired their CEO as a result of underperforming and consistent Consistent losses financially, and all of that as a result of not only the bad actions of Disney and other companies like them, but because of a a group of people who want to stand for the truth. Now here's what I would say about that. The power of repentance cannot truly be experienced unless people feel the weight of sin. I know this is gonna sound like a very traditionalist statement, but far be it from me to ever sound traditionalist. But but again, you never truly understand the need for repentance if you don't understand the importance and the weight of sin. See, this is something that happened in the second great awakening here in America. See, preachers started started preaching once again from the scripture and started preaching once again the moral imperatives of the scripture. They called for moral reforms of of people who had watered down their faith and really started started emphasizing not only moral reform, but but also social reforms as a result of their moral reforms. And the second great awakening was a revival that spread across America and was responsible for the abolition of slavery. As preachers, white and black around America, started preaching the words of scripture, that men are created in the image of God, and that slavery is a blight against this This understanding and this truth found in scripture, as people started doing that, slowly but surely, the moral conscience of America started to shift. I find it so interesting that today, almost every single Christian on the planet, outside of some very deceived individuals... Every single Christian on the planet would stand up for the reality that a black person is made in the image of God, just like a white person is made in the image of God. And there, there is no distinction between those two individuals. That character matters more than color and, and all of that. There, there is no Christian, no legitimate Christian on the planet who would withstand these ideas. And so we would stand up when it comes to the issue of race, but the moment we encroach upon territory that we know Christians believe but may not be as socially acceptable, thinking of transgenderism and thinking of uh, the sexual morality of the left today, um, most importantly, or when we even think about abortion uh, or even divorce, as it were. As we start to actually encroach upon these this dicey territory for the culture, this is when Christians become a lot more silent. But just think, if we had a third great awakening, and, and more and more Christians stood up for what they believe in and started calling people to repentance based upon the truth of Scripture in every area that's affecting society. Wherever we see the widespread and rampant increase of ungodliness, There were Christians to lift their voice and to sound the alarm and to call people back to Scripture. Just think about what it would look like if more and more Christians started practicing what they preach. And so we come full circle to the whole point of the show today. While it may be cliche, think about what would happen if you started practicing what you preach. You put your money where your mouth is and you actually really stood for something. It could change the world. Now, I know you're only one person, but what if your one act causes other people to respond and causes other people to act, and then from there, others do the same, and others after them, and others after them? See, it's a domino effect. Courage is almost always seen as crazy in its time until the truth of that courageous action finally reaches people and starts to make its impact, but it never happens unless we're willing to take a stand. That fire never starts without a spark. So... For all of us who have a conscience, especially for those of you who are Christians out there, it's time for that third great awakening, and it's time to set a spark. So start practicing what you preach. That's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And for crying out loud, go with God.